you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. A brand new episode of Tapeheads, Bob Oshusen, longtime voice of the Jets, college football as well on ESPN. Of course, Scott Pioli, longtime NFL general manager, and Dan Orlovsky, a longtime NFL quarterback, but also, of course, he is always on Get Up on NFL Live Sports Center at the touchscreen, breaking games and breaking plays down for you better than anybody can. This is where we crawl behind the X's and O's on this podcast, give you football from a nerd perspective, which we love. And guys, I'm not sure if we can really nerd out on Sunday Night Football because this was probably what, just on the surface, you have to be a football expert to see what was happening on the field. Dak Prescott, he used every weapon he had at his disposal in the arsenal. He was asked about that after the game. I think it just the opportunity came. So I saw some lanes, felt the pocket a couple of times that allowed me to get out. And then as well as, I mean, I just feel good. Body feels good. Just knowing that, uh, yeah, felt, felt fast. So obviously back home, back in the turf and felt good. If Dak Prescott is really back to being the full package Dak Prescott, you know, we wondered all after that horrendous injury this season, would he settle back in and have the confidence to not only be the threat he is with his arm, but the threat he is and can be with his legs. He showed everything on Sunday night. Uh, that was an embarrassing performance, obviously, by the Washington football team. But the Cowboys, to put up a performance like that in a game where some people are still wondering how good they can be down the stretch. They obviously have locked up, you would think, their division. But having said that, though, you know, are they really the threat to go all the way to be, you know, a Super Bowl contender in the NFC the way we thought they may be at the start of the season? They have had a roller coaster year of sorts. How much can we take, Dan, away from Sunday night where that theme is concerned, the Cowboys getting back to really be in the Cowboys and Dak getting back to be the full package Dak. Yeah, I think there's a lot of encouraging aspects to what happened Sunday night. Now, everything needs to be seen through the prism of Washington was dealing with a lot of stuff as a football team. And also a lot of guys did not play on their defense because of COVID or injuries or whatnot. Okay, so I think that's an important context. 
the the biggest takeaway that I took from the Cowboys' performance offensively was tempo. Their tempo and the 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 pace that they played at was indicative of those first and six or seven weeks. What I mean by that is they weren't huddling a ton. They were at the line of scrimmage and they were dictating to the defense when and what. They weren't allowing the defense to recalibrate, regroup, hey, what necessarily adjustments were needed. Now, you can only do that if one, you're being really efficient, two, you're being explosive, and three, you're getting first downs because then you're calling plays. You know, you can't do that if you're if you're bad on first down. It's really difficult to get to the line of scrimmage at second and nine and feel confident about what you want to call, specifically when you're not running the football well. You know, there's no point in getting to the line of scrimmage on second and nine and seeing two high safeties calling a run play and getting a third and seven. That's not smart football. But when you're having really good plays on first down and Dak Prescott's going, okay, you guys are in your two high shell. Like, this is what they did in the first quarter. They got to the line of scrimmage. You guys are in a two high shell. And that defensive end to my left, he's on a he's in a five technique. What that means is that that defensive end is on the inside shade of a tight end. So if my tight end is on the left, he's lined up over my tight end's right shoulder. Great. Here comes our pull game where our tight end is going to down block and we're going to pull two people. So not only are you in a good numbers aspect for me running the football wise, but now you've given me good leverage pre-snap. That's how we're going to create a first down run of 11 yards. That happened three times in the first quarter for this football team. Okay, great. You want to play cover three? I'm going to give you a play fake to the right, and Amari Cooper's going to run. Who's on my right? He's going to fake like he's going to block the safety down that side, and then he's going to run a quick little out route. That's seven-yard completion. Great, I'll run, this, I'll run the same play in the third quarter. This time I'm going to pump fake Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb's going to run all the way from the left side of the field to the right side of the field where there's no defender anymore because they're all paying it. So I just think their pace, um, will it be as easy as it was on Sunday night versus other better defenses? No, but just that they're, they were able to get back to that I think is a really good sign for them moving forward. Yeah, and I'm really positive right now about the Cowboys and how they're playing, how their defense is playing, the way Dan Quinn is using all of the pieces on the defense, you know, obviously starting with their star rookie linebacker where he can line up anywhere, Micah Parsons, and he's using him on the line, off the line. And there were a couple of, you know, several snaps where they just there was no one in a stance they just had people lined up across and they, they were doing it multiple times it causes confusion so i think dan quinn is doing a good job with the defense i will i'll, I'll say this i um i believe that they're ascending i think they're becoming a better team meaning the cowboys but i also want to look at what happened this weekend you talked about the tempo and the pace and here's exactly this is what i loved about it there was blood in the water before the game and the Cowboys were like sharks. They, it wasn't even – it was the entire football game, Dan. You bring up a great point. Right. And to me, what they knew, and when I say blood in the water, I don't mean that to be weird, but let's look for a second at the Washington football team if we want to be fair. They were without Landon Collins and William Jackson, two starters in the secondary. Then they also have been without Chase Young, their best pass rusher. They had – players two other starters in the secondary that missed practice all week their first practice back because of covid protocol they were back on friday 
and they were there for one practice. Then, oh, by the way, Saturday was Christmas and travel day. Yes. You, you know, these aren't excuses. This is just part of the reality. So to me, you know, that's not Dallas's problem. They got to play who they've got to play. And the last four weeks, they've played the Washington football team twice. They've played the New York Giants and the New Orleans Saints. All four of those games, two against the same team, were against backup quarterbacks. They took advantage of it. And they have been dominant. So to me, you know, it was funny, Bob, on Tuesday, we were talking a little bit about teams and winning streaks. You mentioned the Dolphins. Hey, the Cowboys can only line up against who they're going to have to line up against. And they've done it. And this past week, they did it in dominant fashion. The other thing we talked about on Tuesday was, Dan, you mentioned the Bengals' three receivers and their skilled personnel. Yeah. This is where I think the Cowboys can match up. They have this really good offensive line that we always talk about. It's not, you know, they've got two all pro players, but, you know, you look at their receivers with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and they don't have the tight end that the Bengals have, in, in my opinion, but what they have is Zeke and Tony Pollard. So this is another team with really good skilled personnel. Once they, but they're just so up and down, right? You don't know mm-hmm. it's Jekyll Hyde. You don't know what you're going to get from week to week. But when these you know, when these cats are on, they are on. Yeah, I think too. Like, remember when Micah Parsons was forced to play defensive end early this season for the Cowboys, and he was dominant, and everyone was like, "Keep him there, keep him there." And I think that there was a lot of validity to people saying that. I mean, one of my boys, Marcus Spears, was like, keep him at defensive end, he'll be an all-pro. I think it's important to point out Dan Quinn, number one, the defensive coordinator, has not kept him at defensive end. Exactly. And two, I think it's turned out to be brilliant that he's done that. And I think the off, just from an offensive perspective, and the, the, and the importance is because if, if Michael was left at defensive end, I know where he's going to be before the ball gets snapped. I I can send help that way. I can send numbers that way. I can chip. I can dictate to you where he's going to line up. Absolutely. The fact that they've kept him off the ball, and I said this to Marcus yesterday, and it pains me to say it, I don't know how I could block him. Because when he's off the ball, he starts on the right and then sometimes goes to the left. Or he starts on the left and sometimes goes to the right. Like as four seconds before the ball gets snapped, he's over my right guard. Then the ball gets snapped and he's over the left guard or vice versa. You know, and so they've done such a good job of making sure it's the where's wall of making sure I don't (laughs) know where he's going to be. And I think Dan Quinn doesn't get enough credit for kind of seeing that. I got to follow up on this, Dan, because you were about to say, where's Waldo? Because, uh, you know, I talked with DQ at the beginning of the year and he could not talk. It's not just the physical positional versatility that Micah has. It's the intellectual position. 100%. Versatility that he has. And DQ said, Dan Quinn said to me, he said, listen, this guy, there's so many things he can do. And you know, if you're you're a former offensive player, you know, Dan, that the most important thing you've got to do is before you can get things done is identify people. And if you've got a defense, it's like when an offense uses motion a lot, it's a pain in the butt for the defense. This is the defense's version of using motion, right? They're moving people all around. 
And their version of motion confuses the offensive line. And the fact that they are moving people, they have players with position versatility, Micah Parsons being the most versatile of the group, you're exactly right. It's intentional that they don't want him lined up in the same spot so they can seek him out and game plan against him. When people are moving, again, it just makes everything so much more difficult. And how about the trickle down for the rest of the defense, right? Like how that then the domino effect, the matchups everybody else gets. I remember talking to Bill Belichick right. about the old giant defense when he talked about the impact that Lawrence Taylor would have. Now we're talking about the best player arguably in the history of the sport. But he said, I could move him anywhere. And wherever I moved him, you had to account for him. But then I've got Carl Banks trying to be blocked by a tight end. Well, there's no tight end in football history that could block <laughs> Carl Banks. Right? So the, the domino effect of having a great player not only – occupy that attention but the matchups it gets the other guys sometimes you're randy gregory you're probably sitting there thinking i can't believe they're trying to block me with who they're trying to block me with well yeah they're taking these other human beings and trying to figure out where micah parsons is going to be it's that is what a wonderful tool that is to have schematically for a defensive coordinator hey real quick keeping it in this division i said a month ago that I thought the Eagles would make the playoffs. I was really doubting that prediction when they laid an egg against the Giants a couple, like a week after they won the game I thought they had to win at home against New Orleans. Now here they are. They've got a chance controlling their own destiny to take on the Washington football team this week. And I don't know, Dan, if they win this game, are they in, you think? Because they, they have to finish up the season with a pretty tough game. No, I think if they win, he's in, they're in what... They've also gotten – they need three steps, really, for the help. One, the Saints had to lose to the Dolphins. That happened. Two, the Packers have to beat the Vikings on Sunday Night Football. I think we all anticipate that will happen. Yep. And then three, I believe the San Francisco 49ers have to beat the Houston Texans. Now we'll see with the Jimmy G injury. Um, so I think if they control – if they take care of their business, I think those other two aspects will happen. And I said this to Bob, and, and I, I'd be interested to hear Scott's thought on it. I think the thing that makes them different and does make them challenging if and when they get in the playoffs, they're the one team in the NFC that doesn't need their quarterback to play really, really good football for them to win. You know, like the, the Rams, they're going to, Matthew's going to have to play well. The Bucks, Tom's going to have to play well. The Packers, Aaron's going to have to play well. The Eagles, because the best part of their football team is their offensive line and run game, they don't need Jalen Hurts to go for throw 250 yards to win a playoff game. You know, maybe the 49ers are in that world just a little bit, but Jalen could throw for 150 yards. They could run for 300 yards because of their run game and because they're 11 on 11 run game. And Fletcher Cox plays dominant and Slay plays dominant. I don't think they need their quarterback to have like an awesome game throwing the football wise for them to get into the playoffs and for them to win a playoff game. Dan, I agree with you because again, it goes back to what we talked about previously in terms of the team dictating the game. If they can dictate it by using their offensive line again, I, I, Jeff Stoutland to me is one of the most unknown and underrated football coaches in the NFL. He's the offensive line coach and the run game coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Tremendous football coach. That offensive line that they put together and the way that they work as a unit, if they are healthy, if that group is healthy, they can make life difficult for some teams. And, you know, I, I do want to say this, you know, Bob, I loved it when you shouted that out at, at you know, that point in the season. 
because you know everyone piled on Nick Sirianni, you know, early on because he wasn't winning the press conference, and you know, it's the first time he's ever had to deal with the press and be in the media. He is a football guy through and through. I worked with Nick his first four years in the NFL. All he cares about is football, and he wasn't prepared for that. He doesn't enjoy that part. He has fun with that part when he has to. And again, I don't know what his career is going to end up being like, but right, you know, it's it's one of those things, again, I don't know. I'm not saying he's Vince Lombardi, but get off a guy's back. Let him have a chance <laughs> right. to prove himself as a football coach. And I think he's doing it right now with a team that I think a lot of people felt was going to be the basement of the NFC East. Yep, the Eagles may have been an overlooked team, but there is another team that might be the most overlooked team heading into the playoffs. We're going to talk about that team when we come back on Tape Ends. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because then I need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back on Tape Heads. Bob Shusen, Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky, as we head towards the playoffs in the National Football League and how things are going to shake out. And look, we spend a lot of time talking about this week, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, the young stud quarterbacks in the AFC and the games that they had. And obviously we've got Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady. I mean, there's a, a Mount Rushmore right now of quarterbacks in the NFC. What is the team right now that would be a two-seed if the playoffs began in their respective conference tomorrow that no one seems to be talking about. Maybe we just forgot about them when Derrick Henry got hurt. It seems to be the Tennessee Titans. Here's Ryan Tannehill after their latest win. Yeah, we need to start, you know, stacking them. You know, it's, it's a good win, um, good, tough, physical battle, which we knew it was going to be coming in. We found a way to win, which is exactly what um, – we believe in each other around here and believe we're going to do. And now we just have to be able to, to start stacking those wins. 
Guys, are we overlooking the Titans? I mean, are they a team that we should be talking about more? And why have they been, have they been able to survive the Derrick Henry injury the way they have and keep themselves in position to be a big time threat in the AFC? Yeah, uh, you know, I'll I'll just say this. Um, yes, we should be talking about them. I don't know if we're under talking about them because you know you go back and you look at this football team that every time we want to Thank fall you. in love with them right they opened up the season with a loss to to Arizona who at that point in the season Arizona was a good football team to start the season but then they lose in overtime to the New York Jets then their next loss is against the Houston Texans you know you look at those two losses, you kind of scratch your head. I know they were far apart from one another. Then they have back-to-back losses after Houston. They lose to the Patriots. And then two weeks ago, they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And every time that I want to say, gosh, this is, you know, this is the team. They're going to be it. They they lose games, but they play games that are so contrary to Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, who's their general manager, football. Both guys are really smart, really tough, really disciplined, and they've had a couple of these games that were real clunkers where they just had too many penalties or bad penalties at the wrong time, unnecessary turnovers. And and Bob, I I get the question about Derrick Henry. I think that they've overcome a lot in being able to uh, you know, have some success and, or have success without Derrick Henry. You know, Dan, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was a week, I can't remember when we talked about him, talked about how this t- football team was built on offense. And I, and I loved his description because it was something that I had in my mind but hadn't articulated. They built their offense to be big with Derrick Henry, with their receivers, AJ and Julio. And those key players have been undependable. And, and, and I don't mean as people, you know, just being available is, is what I mean by dependability. And they've fought their way through it. So I, I don't think we're not giving them enough respect. I just scratch my head sometimes just when they need to make that next step to be everything that they're supposed to be in the way that they're modeled. They kind of throw some clunkers at us. Yeah, I don't think we're under uh, appreciating or undervaluing them. Would we look at the Kansas City Chiefs the same way if they lost Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? No. Would we look at the Indianapolis Colts if they lost Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor? No, like they lost their best players. The identity of their offense for the great majority of this season, all in different parts. So that definitely devalued the the way... Um, as as scary of a football team as they are. Yeah, that's not saying anything negative. What they've accomplished, very impressed with, and they deserve credit for that. I still say, how dependable is Julio Jones and his hamstring going to be over the next two or three weeks and into the playoffs? I don't know. I, I haven't seen it this year. We didn't see it last year with the ankle. We didn't see it this year. If Julio Jones doesn't play in a playoff game for them, that's huge. It's the same with A.J. Brown. How dependable is his health going to be? We saw how important he was for that football team. And I know that there's reports and rumors that Derrick Henry is going to come back from that. I had that foot injury. If he comes back for the first round of the playoffs, God bless That is an absolute incredible accomplishment. It is T.O. type coming back for the Super Bowl, okay? It sounds like it might happen. And and that'll be incredible. And we'll see how how well he performs with it. And and, and that will be a, a feat to marvel at, as impressive as anything he's accomplished as a talent. 
I think their defense is very good. Their defensive line can be dominant. I think it's one of the two best defensive lines when it comes to the four-man rush in the AFC along with Kansas City. But I'm not. Uh, I'm giving them their proper respect. The thing that made them different and special was those three monsters at the skill position guy at the skill position. If all three of them are out there, then we're we're talking about it. Yes. If they're not, I can't give them the expectation that they're going to be what I thought they were in October. Monsters. I see what you did there. I like that. Um, you like it? Yeah, I might use that. That was re- that was really good. You're welcome. I didn't see that one coming. Um, I'm, I'm seeing T-shirts, man. Those, yeah, those, exactly. That's a right. shirt phrase, I think man. it's I think it's probably already copyrighted with a, a certain movie at some point. But oh. you know what? Tapeheads merch. I think you guys might be onto something there. Um, real quick though, if I'm going to ask you for the quarterbacks in the AFC that kind of fit the profile like you guys have talked about of win because of, win with, win in spite of, that type of thing. Uh, where does Ryan Tannehill fit into that? Win with. Win with. Not yes. win because of, not win in spite of, just win with. No, he's never been a win because of guy. Yep. But win with, um, yeah, I think he. I think he's very comfortable being in that world. And that, No, they don't win in spite of him. That's going to happen for every quarterback over the course of a season once or twice. But on a consistent basis, win with. Uh, I agree. Win with. I, I, again, there's – again, uh, it comes up every week when I, I, I talk about, you know, the, the, the elite, the rare. No, he, he, he's, he's a solid quarterback. You win with him. You win with him. You don't win in spite of him. He doesn't. Yep. He doesn't do bad things or or, or dumb things. Yeah. There are, there are a couple of guys. It'd be an interesting you know show at some point uh, as we head towards the postseason, especially to break teams down playoff wise based on that. You know, and and whether their quarterback's going to hold them back or be the reason that they win. Uh, but straight ahead, uh, look, a team that didn't ever ever have to worry about their quarterbacks. Certainly the Bucks and the Packers. Uh, Are they the class of the NFL? We're going to talk about that. Plus, the Cardinals slide continues with a third straight loss. How concerned should Arizona fans be heading into the postseason? We're going to come back and break all that down on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back as we wrap up this Thursday edition of Tapeheads, heading towards the playoffs. Bob Schusen, Scott Pioli, and Dan Orlovsky. Again, we talked about the top of the AFC pretty much the entire show on Tuesday. We've been talking about the NFC primarily on this program. And look, the two teams right now that you'd have to say I would think are the one-two punch at the top of the NFC that everyone thinks you have to go through, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. If things play out as they are right now, you've got those two teams along with Dallas. They've already wrapped up their respective divisions. Green Bay would be the one seed. Tampa Bay would be right on their heels. A lot can change these last couple of weeks. But Aaron Rodgers, guys, and that team wrapped around him, even with all of the offseason drama and controversy and he wants out of Green Bay, here we are again. I mean, they are on the verge of being a 13, maybe a 14-win team in a 17-game season. He could win the MVP again. Looks like they might be the one seed. You're going to have to go through Lambeau potentially in the NFC to get to the playoffs. All of this at the end of the yellow brick road for Aaron Rodgers. It really is amazing thinking back where we were six months ago and where we are right now. Yeah, it's going to be either an incredible story, an incredible disappointment, it seems like. You know, it's it, that's just what it feels like being set up as. I think that the, the Packers um, have shown us that this season, their ability to compartmentalize and their ability to remove emotion, um, specifically by their leaders, has been very impressive. Matt LaFleur, I think, and I've said this for two months, should be the coach of the year because of what this offseason was like and where this football team is right now. Bob, to your point, potentially a 14-win team. Our job is to not find teams that are good and tell you what they're good at. I still say that if they cannot stop the run in their nickel defense when they play with five defensive backs on the field, it is going to be another terrible disappointment, heartbreaking disappointment for Green Bay Packers fans. Because for how remarkable their coverage unit has been and how remarkable Aaron has played and the versatility of their offensive line, when I get you into nickel defense as an offense and I'm running the ball on the perimeter for 10 yards a clip, I don't care how good your coverage unit is. And I don't care how good Aaron's playing. You are going to get 35 carries. And if we're looking at the teams in the NFC, you're looking at the Rams who have gotten back to that just a little bit. The Cowboys capable of doing that plenty. The Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers. I think there's one team that it's not necessarily who they are and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think that Tom is smart enough to go in and do it. And so I just get concerned with when, when I get into my nickel grouping, my, my 11 personnel and offense, one back, one tight end, or my flex 12 with, with an athletic second tight end on the field, that Green Bay is going to have a really difficult time stopping the run. Yeah, and, and to me, that's why the two teams I look at from a matchup standpoint some people first it starts with the cowboys because of their running game because what they can do is they can control the game and they can go out there as you talk about with the nickel offense meaning the three receiver set and then run the ball with zeke 
allow Dak to run the ball or Tony Pollard, and they can do that in Green Bay, run the ball, control the game, control the tempo. So the Cowboys, from a matchup standpoint, Dan, I think can do exactly what you're talking about. And Bob, the other team that we talked about, the Philadelphia Eagles, Hmm. the number one rushing offense in the National Football League. And they don't have to, again, score – they've got a good defense. They've got Fletcher Cox. They've got guys who can make plays on defense. But if they can control the ball, control the tempo, be up in Green Bay and use the running game, that may be the matchup or those may be two matchups that may be really, really uncomfortable for the Green Bay Packers. Speaking of uncomfortable, if you're an Arizona fan, how uncomfortable should you be right now? Right, We talked about the fact they're not getting DeAndre Hopkins back. They're not going to be whole. We're not going to see this offense look at any point again this year the way they can look when they're at their best when they've got their guys. Okay, having said that, though, they can't manage more than 23 points. I mean, in the last three weeks, they've been in the teens the last couple of weeks. They they really have looked like a shell of themselves. Now they have to go to Dallas this week. If you're a Cardinal fan, give me a quick thought, both of you on this team. How can they right this ship as a team that they're going to be in the playoffs? It certainly appears, but they are, of all of these teams, we're talking about hitting their stride and going to the playoffs, feeling really good about themselves. This might be the one team that's limping towards the postseason. Yeah. But unsurprisingly, and that's why like I had such a frustration, frustrating moment when DeAndre Hopkins went out for the Cardinals and everyone's like, oh, they'll be fine. Do you guys watch DeAndre Hopkins play football? <laughs> right. You know, um, so I think this is, you know, unfortunately, they're, they, they had three superstar players, really, as a football team this year. Superstar, Kyler Murray, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins. 66% of that is gone. You know, J.J. Watt not being in there when it comes to their ability to stop the run is a big deal. Why? Because his presence to demand attention was a big deal. Also, their ability to kind of slow and stop the run game allowed their, for their blitz package to be the dominant part of their defense. Now teams aren't seeing it as much because they're not in obvious passing situations anymore that, that, on a, that, that much of a consistent basis. So that, that, that strength of theirs has been minimized. Offensively, they so AJ Green was was playing such a kind of uh, a refreshing style of football this year for them because he was asked to have four catches a game, and then Christian Kirk was really having such a nice season because hey we we're gonna run you deep fourteen times and if you catch two or three of them those are huge impact plays, and then Rondale Moore was touches and Zach Ertz his addition owned the middle of the field well all everybody's role has to not only be elevated with performance but also with ask you know now you're asking aj to be a one receiver again he's not that christian kirk has to be a route runner now he's not that and so this offense is trying to figure out like who are we now without deandre hopkins when teams pressure us who's the answer guy because that's what deandre was and i think that's the big thing is they, they lost really really superstar type of players and i don't think that their coach is ready to adjust that way and everybody's got to be better is not just a cliche saying everybody has to be better and starting with cliff kingsbury i don't think that they're ready for that moment and and dan what listening to what you're saying everything goes back to this is because of all the things that you mentioned when you watch that team and their body language they are a team without confidence and they are they don't have confidence and there's this look 
on the field and this hesitation before they do anything. It's ah, ah, even some of the stuff that Kyler Murray's doing, who's a fantastic talent. You see seconds and moments or of hesitation from him in decision making stuff that he wasn't doing, and that goes back to confidence. And all those things that you mentioned, Dan, are issues that are impacting their overall confidence and their approach to the game. And mm-hmm. you know, to me, I'm also this is where as a as as an organization as a team, you have to be thought out. You, you know, they bring in JJ Watt, and you have to know based on his more recent history. That he probably, you know, even if you used him less, he probably wasn't going to make it through the season. And you have to have an answer for that. You have to have an answer for that for his performance on the field, but also his leadership. You know, uh, a wise coach I used to work with used to say older players that get hurt are going to stay hurt. And that usually comes too. And that's not that's not anything negative against J.J. Watt. I mean, dude has been a dominant player and you know, father time is catching up with him. So to me, none of this, like, like you said, Dan, it's not surprising to me. Sure. And, uh, it's, they should be concerned because here's what we know about this time of year too. And we mentioned the bucks briefly, you know, Bob, this is a game of attrition. Now you add in not just attrition through injuries, but COVID, this is going to be a fascinating and bizarre, I believe playoff season for sure. Yeah, and and a fascinating kind of litmus test game that's going to be happening this week is Cardinals-Cowboys. Because if you're looking for a test, if you're Arizona, to see if you can right the ship, that's a pretty good one as they will head to Dallas to take on the Cowboys this week. You can hit us up on social media. We want to hear from you. We have made it to week 17, and we will come back next week not only talking about Cardinals-Cowboys, but also talking Chiefs-Bengals, Raiders-Colts, Rams-Ravens, There are some games that have a lot to say about the playoff picture as we head down the stretch. Still lots of good football to come. We will be back on Tuesday. We hope to have you join us then. Thank you for being a tapehead. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.